from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, I'm Jordan Lee. And I'm Piet Levy, music writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Every week we talk about music coming into Milwaukee and the music coming out of Milwaukee. This is Tapped In. Hello, Piet. How are you doing, my friend? Good, Jordan. I am missing live music like crazy. Usually this is like my busy season. Um, But I had so much fun writing about a show that happened well before both of us were born uh, at Summerfest in 1970. It's this very famous show with Sly and the Family Stone that I'd heard about and really dug deep into our archives and talked to a musician who was there. Uh, and was, this was probably the wildest night in Summerfest history, maybe one of the wildest nights, period, in Milwaukee. This was quite an event. Absolutely. Reports anywhere from 100 to 130,000 people were on the festival grounds on the lakefront at Summerfest to witness the awesomeness of Sly and the Family Stone. And as you said, Piet, this was in 1970. So this is like not only the peak of Sly and the Family Stone's popularity, but the peak of what's happening at that moment in time in civil rights and, and, and kind of awakening in America. This is just after Woodstock. There's a lot of cool stuff going on at this time. Yeah, so he was, you know, Woodstock was less than a year prior, but the Woodstock movie, uh, which Sly and the Family Stone was in that film, that came out that spring, and that was a huge blockbuster. This was also the first year that Summerfest was at the, what's now Mayor uh, Festival Park. It was on that lakefront. It was a former Army Nike missile site. Uh, And back in 1970, there was, like, just grass, and the stages were, like, five feet off the ground. There's only a couple stages nothing at all like uh, Summerfest grounds are now. Um, so it was really, really in its infancy, truly. And at the same time, Summerfest um, did some advertising, I guess, in Chicago. They were in debt from the first, uh, the, the pri- uh, previous year in 69. So they did some advertising in Chicago. Had a really good lineup that include like James Brown in Chicago and Sarah Vaughn. Uh, but that, getting Sly and the Family Stone for that last night, that really drove in a lot of people. And there was a huge crowd uh, well before they were set to perform. And this crowd seems to have gotten a little bit uneasy at a certain point in time. And Sly was very, very late. I thought one of the most interesting details in going back and reading some of the clippings you shared with me was that he refused to go out because barriers were broken down and um, the Reitman was on the on the stage telling people to back up, back up. Like this is we got it. We got to make this safe for Sly. And apparently, uh, according to the article that I you had shared with me, it, it, he wasn't agreeing to leave the Fister until he got a uh, limousine motorcade to escort him to the stage. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I, we looked at the archives from the Milwaukee Journal and the Milwaukee Sentinel. I also talked to Warren Weigratz, who is the only musician who's played every Summerfest, and he was in the band Yesterday's Children, uh, which opened for Sly and the Family Stone. And when they were playing, it was just a huge, huge mob of people. And it was during his set that the barricade, which was just like a little fence, like four feet from the stage, was broken down. Right. And he said, like, you know, the stage was like five feet off the ground. So people's hands were like on the stage. He was like really kind of freaking out. Um, And they did a set and, uh, you know, they were told to go back out, do another set. And then they were told to go back out and do another set because, uh, you know, Sly the Family Stone, or at least Sly Stone, was so late. Apparently, yes, it was reported that uh, three limos had to take him. Uh, But also uh, it was reported that uh, Warren told me, that he ended up having to take uh, a boat because uh, the traffic was so bad that ultimately he took those limos to, I guess, a dock somewhere in Milwaukee and took a police boat to get uh, to get on Lake Michigan and get to get to the site, basically. Um, also, apparently, what Warren told me was not only was he concerned about safety and the escorts and things like that, uh, he was allegedly demanding twenty 
huge joints before he took the stage. So, uh, <laughs> so Warren uh, Warren Rugrats was uh, you know on this break after the second set, he was just totally exhausted. He went on the the Yesterday's Children band bus for a few minutes. Apparently, someone in the Sly and the Family Stone entourage was nursing a baby, uh, and his the assistant manager for Yesterday's Children was there rolling these joints, and he was saying that he demanded. 20 joints before they go on big big joints and and Warren was saying these are like the biggest joints known to man these things were huge uh but apparently allegedly that was also a requirement for him to get on stage so i mean when you've got like 130,000 people there getting really agitated and things are running late uh you know and security is not really up to snuff you 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 roll those joints you know you do what you can man, to make someone it someone needs to make a documentary about that guy because god bless that man whoever did that that's a lot of pressure his hands are probably shaking like crazy but he got the job done so you know Piet, we talked about how this kind of is reminiscent of other experiences we've had in the present time where uh you know ultimately the the moral of the story here i guess is like listen to the kids they know what they're talking about i think they they weren't really prepared for how popular post woodstock and post the woodstock movie how important sly and the family stone had become to people all over the nation and sure if you're out on the west coast and sly being from san francisco it's probably no surprise that he would do great numbers there but i'm assuming there was this thought like well this isn't going to be that big of a deal i mean james brown is you know james brown right but then you've got this moment where this is young people's music right this is the 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 voice of a movement at that time. And uh, we've seen that happen here in our time with things like Imagine Dragons or Wiz Khalifa, where shows on the Summerfest grounds were just way bigger than anyone expected. We've seen this time and time and time again. So uh, listen to the kids, people. The kids know what's up. No doubt. And take some time to go back and enjoy some Sly and the Family Stone today. Uh, You're going to find that that music, those messages holds up really well in 2020. And uh, Piet, you got a complete article up with uh, more information on this. Is that up now at JS Online? Yeah, if you go to jsonline.com, you'll see it there and, and it goes into the show. They only played for like 50 minutes. There were police in riot gear to try to get them back in their cars after the set. It was just a crazy, crazy night. So too many crazy details to go into right now. But go to the store and you'll get um, all the all the details on that uh, wild, memorable night. Awesome. And you can stay tuned with us on all the things going on in the Milwaukee music scene by subscribing to Tapped In, where wherever you find your podcast, we are there. Tapped In is produced by Kenny Perez, and our handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from you, our members, and subscribers. Piet, I thank you so much for joining me for Tapped In. I'll see you next time. Thanks for having me. See you next time. Radio Milwaukee is on a mission. And if you're here to discover new perspectives on music in Milwaukee, then you're on a mission too. Join today to support the programming you love. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart.